Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today we have a really fun episode. We're actually sitting inside of Zach Mayfield's studio recording space where the Kinetika magic happens. And Zach is my co-host as well as Connor McCaskill, both previous guests of the show as well as Connor actually used to run this show back in the old days at the Polar Pro Studio in Costa Mesa. In our conversation, we talk about Kinotika getting its first million viewed video the log versus baked in debate, Philip Bloom's birthday, and we have a little mini review of the Minimax from Easy Rig. Is that how you say it? I don't know. All right, without any further ado, let's get into it with Zachy Mafe and Connor McCask. Well, we're here. We did it. We did it. I'm at your house and hi. we're doing a new format. Zach, Dave, and Connor hanging again. That's right. Say hi, Connor. Hi, guys. Connor's behind the camera. You can't see him if you're watching the video, um, but he will chime in if he has something to chime. So chime away, Connor. This is me chiming That's in. That's too much. Okay, <laughs> sorry. So for those of you who have been listening to this show for the last two years, um, this might seem a little different because we've never done a three mic kind of setup. We used to have a studio space in uh, Costa Mesa at the Polar Pro Studios. Which was beautiful. It was very beautiful. You saw it. Mm-hmm. This show has been a, a basically a guest-based show from the very beginning. Uh, the idea was to kind of be like Joe Rogan uh, of the camera news and like filmmaker space. Yeah. Um, and we'll continue to have great interviews with great guests. Um, I love interviewing people. But I'm trying something new today uh, with my good friend Zach, who's actually been on the show a couple tw- times. Twice. Yeah. Now. And then Connor's actually been on the show as well. Once. Yeah, I think once. The yeah. boys. Yeah, we should have you on again. Hello, everyone. As a solo. But this may be a reoccurring um, format. Um, in addition to, of course, the guest-based segments. If you're not watching the video, I would encourage you to do so right now if you're listening to the audio only. Because uh, this is a pretty elaborate setup. We have three cameras. Yeah, we've got a C70. got a C70 in the middle. Two we've, X-T4s. We've got your X-T4 and Connor's X-T4. Yeah. Save the day. We're using the Sling Studio Box to do a little multicam setup here. Connor's, or Connor's live editing. Oh, heck yeah. And uh, yeah, it took me a little longer to set all this up, about an hour and a half or two hours or something. <laughs> In my room. I'm sorry about we'll, that. We'll get it. Um, but yeah, so just bear with us. Uh, this is kind of a little bit of a beta test of this new format. And I would love for you guys to let me know your thoughts uh, after you listen to this. Uh, at Dave Mays on Twitter or on uh, Instagram. And also reach out to Zach and Connor. Follow hey. them as well. But Check us out. Today's Philip Bloom's birthday. It is. The day we're recording, Philip Bloom turns 50. Happy birthday. Yeah. You, uh, so Philip Bloom um, is very special to me. And, the, and then I want you to share your Yeah, I would story. love to hear your side. But I, when I was starting out as a filmmaker, I made a documentary film about my great uncle his name is uh bobby uncle bobby uncle bobby he's like in his 80s my dad's uncle and he's just really eccentric guy he's never been married and he was a a chemistry teacher and he was like really into pottery okay and he as he retired from uh teaching he got into pottery and he got really obsessed with like geometric shapes and doing like Icosa de decahedron uh, <laughs> things and things like that. The deco and, what? And so um, I'll actually go to my um, the Vimeo. my Vimeo page here so you can see. Throwing it back. And uh, yeah, this is the film. It's called Porcelania. I'll turn the music down a little bit. This is a music bed song. Yeah, that looks good. But yeah, so that's some of his work that you can see there on my laptop. And I was really 
uh, I just kind of made it for my family. I just yeah. made this to kind of document my great uncle's uh, story. I love that. And I mean, you can see he's just like, his name is Bobby Jaber. He's like just this really eccentric guy. Yeah. And um, I like him. You can tell, you know, that's my family, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of course, my family is eccentric. Bunch of goobers. Um, and I posted this out there on Twitter. Uh, this was seven years ago when I made this. And uh, I tweeted Philip Bloom. And I said, hey, Philip Bloom, I shot this on the 7D. That's, I think that's all I said. Yeah. And then he retweeted it. Whoa. And, and he said, he, it was like a quote retweet. And he was like, hey, this is a great mini doc shot on a 7D. And I used the Technicolor Cine style profile. Oh, yes. Which at the time was brand new. Okay. You know, seven years ago. Um, and because of Philip Bloom, I got a staff pick on Vimeo. Dude, that's so crazy. You can see here on the top left, I got that little coveted staff pick logo, yep. which ended up really launching my career as a director. Because of that staff pick, Google reached out to me. What? I was only in my early 20s. I had no experience doing anything professional other than just- I did not know this. Oh yeah. I was saving it for the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I had no experience in like a professional video space other than just weddings and, you know, corporate crap, you know? Yeah. Um, and they called me up and they were like, there's this unrecognized number. And it was like, hey, we're, you know, I'm a production company working with Google and we are sourcing your video as like a reference for what we want to make. And we figured we'd just reach out to you directly to uh, direct um, a couple of videos. Uh, the budget's about half a million dollars and oh. it'll be in London and New York and LA. And I'm just like a little Nashville boy with no experience. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And so they asked me for a treatment. I've never made a treatment in my life. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I was able to meet Seth Worley, who I had a connection to Seth Worley uh, from Red Giant uh, and now the owner of Plot Devices, uh, also a guest on this sh show previously. I uh, reached out to him and he helped me do a, a treatment and everything. But anyways, long story short, because of Philip Bloom, I got the exposure uh, and got a staff pick, Yeah, which then led to me, I didn't get the job. Okay, It was given to another guy with like 30 years of experience, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it did come down to me and that guy. That's, out of, that out of in itself is like so cool, especially early on yeah, in it, your career. That's, that's exactly That's exactly it. Like it gave me this confidence and this kind of like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And because of that, I kind of went after it and just started doing music videos and stuff in Nashville. And um, so, yeah, I really have a lot to to say about Phil Bloom and the, the fact that he really um, helped launch my career in, in, a, in a way. Yeah. And um, I was fortunate enough to get to know him at NAB. Connor, what year was that? Was that 2018? I think or? it was 2018. Yeah. yeah, we were all there. Uh, I was doing a, a talk for Atomos at NAB and Philip Bloom was there and we got to meet him and. I got to share that story on I want to meet him. Yeah, can't you know, wait to meet him. I can't wait NAB, for, man. I know, Hopefully I can't wait for those. I miss but that stuff. What's really funny to me is Zach, uh, by the way, if you haven't listened to the previous shows with Zach, he's now the new host of Kinotique. I don't even want to say new host because you've been the host almost for a year now. Yeah, in July it'll be one year. So he kind of took over from where I left off with that and has done an amazing job. Thank you. And during that time, Philip Bloom has been like commenting on every video. <laughs> I know. Seems to be a super fan of Zach. Oh, it's been crazy. Just like me. I mean, it doesn't, what a surprise, ride. doesn't surprise me. I mean, your stuff's amazing. So <laughs> thanks, man. Um, but yeah, tell me your Philip Bloom story. Okay, yeah. So back the, when I was. What? By the way, we will have him on this show eventually. Oh, dude, that's gonna be so fun. He did tell me he's doing so. Um, so when I was first learning about filmmaking, probably about the time you made this video, Porcelania, 
I was just absorbing all YouTube content about cameras, tutorials, yep. all that stuff. And Philip was one of the people I found. Um, so basically I just like binged his videos and I was like, oh, this guy is making like super cinematic, like this awesome camera content. It was just so different than oh, yeah. everybody else on YouTube. Still is in my opinion. Um, but yeah, and then like fast forward years and years later, I get this job of Kinotika from you, which is you know, changed my life because now I get to make YouTube vids in Heck this yeah. room. And yeah, I released that Fuji X-T4 in-depth review. That was my first solo video on Kinotika. And freaking Philip Bloom commented <laughs> on it. And I almost pooed my pants, dude. It was so crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been watching this guy yeah. for years. Yeah. And now we're, we're chatting on the internet. <laughs> so today is his birthday. And yeah. at the time of this recording, uh, May 20th, and uh, you made a little special video <laughs> for him. Is it live? I think it's live on my channel. Yeah, I just, I was like, I, you know, I should wish him happy birthday via the internet. So I just recorded a little video, basically so, saying what I just said. And just, <laughs> so I photoshopped his face. Look at this thumbnail body. here. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that doesn't freak him out too that much. That is but. hilarious. Has he commented yet? I don't know. I don't know if he's seen it, but. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's goofy. But <laughs> I just wanted him to feel special, you know, because he's given a lot to the camera community. Like he probably doesn't have to make YouTube reviews, especially at the quality that he does. Yeah. Like I just appreciate his effort. Yeah. Like if he reviews a drone, he doesn't just say, "Oh, it shoots in 4K up to 30 and flies <laughs> fast," you know. Yeah. Like he goes all out yeah. and researches everything, gets a ton of footage and. Well, it's I've, insane. I've, I've asked him before. I was like, dude, how do you, yeah, how do you have time to do that? Like, why do you go to all this trouble? And he, he told me that um, he doesn't see himself as a YouTuber. And he kind of comes from that, you know, 10 years ago, right when the 5D happened. And he was actually making videos before that on like DV cameras and the lettuce adapter rig. I don't know if you ever saw those or no. used those. It's like a camcorder with like a little mirror box that you can put lenses on. Okay. Um, the lettuce 35 millimeter adapter Let's okay see. that's crazy so he's been so doing these, it for so long he's been doing these videos forever so when i first started in filmmaking this was what my friend jeffrey was using at the time oh my God. it was this awful oh. um bazooka camera we're so blessed now dude basically you put the camcorder in the back and then you use this adapter which allows you to then put an slr lens <laughs> on it so you have to walk around with this massive lens yeah. thing Let's see. Just vlogging with it, just casually. Let's watch his video here. I'm sure. It, yep, there it is. Oh my gosh! It's so crazy to see it. It's still on his channel too. Wow. Oh my gosh! Yeah, June six, two thousand eight. I was, I was, uh, I think I was seventeen years old back then. <laughs> so. That's pretty amazing. amazing but yeah basically you were able to get like shallow depth of field on a on a small chip right. camcorder like this that's so cool so it was a big deal at the time but yeah so he's been doing this forever see that's with and without man i complain about talking about cameras too much in my life and this man's been doing it for <laughs> yeah. decades so philip like has a background in you know news journalism and filmmaking and so he he's not like from that like youtube generation i that's guess that's cool but he's been on YouTube. He's been making YouTube videos forever. But um, at least when I talked to him about it, he's like, no, I don't see myself as a YouTuber. Yeah. You know? I feel like he's the Gandalf of the camera YouTube space. <laughs> yeah. He's just like who we, who we seek for knowledge and direction. Totally. 
So tell me about Kino Tika and what's going on uh, over there. Well, Kino I, update. I, Kino, you recently did a review on the <laughs> GFX uh, 100S. Yeah, that was fun. I spent some time with that camera and with Connor. We went and shot a bunch of footage and photos with it. We had it for a week and made a review on that. It was really fun. Cool camera. I wouldn't buy it, but <laughs> still really cool. It's like a, I feel like it's just a specialty thing. Can you give us the, like the lowdown on it for our listeners who may not be familiar with the camera? Yeah. So it's a medium format Fuji mirrorless camera. It has a 102 megapixel sensor. So Jeez. you shoot these massive, like 11,000 pixel resolution photos in raw and you can shoot video in 4K up to 30 frames per second in F-Log internal 10-bit. Wow. So everything coming out of it looks beautiful. It's six grand, which isn't <laughs> a ton for medium format. For, it, it really isn't. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I freaking, I made a video on it called Five Reasons Not to Buy. And me and Connor were just kind of like goofing like here in, in this studio room. Like the goal was like to help people not be tempted to buy it because there's better options for video and photo if you're just, you know, posting your videos on Instagram and the internet. Yeah. You don't need 102 megapixels. Yeah. You can get away with 12. Yeah. But that video is getting dunked on in the comments, <laughs> dude. People are, I think people saw the thumbnail and it says don't buy. And I think uh -huh. people got offended and just like disliking it and slamming on it a little bit. Well, I've talked to, um, I think we've had him on the podcast. Do we have Lee? Um, Zavitz or uh, from uh, Z Pro Media. He's cool. Yeah, I'm almost certain. We did, did we yeah. have him on? I think we had him on, right? Um, he's a big Fuji guy, and he yeah. he's told me that like Fuji fans, and if you're a Fuji fan watching this video right now, <laughs> I apologize, but he has told me like they're kind of they're pretty bad at Fuji like, fans. Fuji fanboys, aren't they, Connor? Yeah, I mean they can be a little pretentious sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's what was so weird to me about this video's comments, because like. You know, I did. I started the whole Fuji Juice thing. Yeah, and you're wearing the hat right now, dude, actually. Yeah, exactly. I I'm made, wearing the Cranon hat, dude. Yeah. ZachMayfield.com, right? Thanks for repping. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> link in the description. <laughs> I've made like 800 videos on the Fuji XT4, and yeah. I always like make jokes in those videos and uh -huh. talk about Fuji Juice, and I built like a little community around that. Yeah. Of like Fuji memesters. <laughs> so that's why it was so confusing to me when this video was just getting dunked on. Yeah. But maybe it's just like the higher end people or people wanting to buy this high end camera and getting offended that I joked about it. Yeah, but also, maybe. I don't think people were understanding that I was joking and huh. like being humorous. Like, and also, I think people don't watch the whole video. <laughs> I think they see the title. <laughs> they just and see the title and kind of just kill it, slam it. That I've had I've had great experience with the Fuji Fam out there, but who knows? Maybe once you get up into those higher end mirrorless, you just get dunked on. So what have been some of the highlights for you um, with Kinotika over the last you know year or so? I mean, it's mm. it's been almost a year now. What what have been some of your favorite things? Oh What's my. your kind of takeaways on the on running this channel that that you know has been focused on just gear reviews and like yeah. that's it? You know, hmm. highlights, highlights, highlights. Highlight. Obviously, you and I. The reason that I wanted you to run it was because I feel like we have a similar kind of sense of humor. Yeah, and Connor and I always from the beginning tried to make it as you know, entertaining as possible. Yeah. And uh, however, in the camera gear review space, and I learned this with Indie Mogul, mm -hmm. um, people are really, they take it really seriously. <laughs> Very. I'm, I feel like I'm learning that right now. Like it's, especially with these GFX videos, like you can pretend it doesn't bother you, but when people are just slamming on you and you're like actually trying to make something that's helpful and fun, mm -hmm. entertaining, it is hard. It's really difficult to like 
stay motivated sometimes. Yeah. So I'm I'm learning how to deal with that and continue pressing on and everything. Um, do yeah, you, I'm, do I you think, see yourself doing something non-camera gear related, like skits or entertainment type stuff? Dude, or? that that is what the dream is for me. Yeah. Like honestly, I never really wanted to be a camera channel. Like if you go back and look at my personal channel, it's just a mix of like all yeah. this random I mean, crap. We did that great skit. Together. <laughs> I know, just like trying to figure it out. But you really motivated me to like niche down and pursue the camera stuff, and that's when I started to see growth because it was you know, consistent and searchable and everything. Remember this? Oh my God. Here, yeah. here we got to play this real quick. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't think people can hear it, can they? They will. Yeah, oh, I'm okay. recording Holy it. Cow. This, place this is, is cringe, nice. dude. <laughs> this LA YouTube life is not. I miss uh, that Dave, <laughs> apartment. Hey, Just skip up? to the end. Yo. <laughs> the part of you. Yeah, go to the very end when you jump in. <laughs> yeah. So the, the premise is you were like changing your name from Zachariah to, to Zach. Zach. And I was like, dude, your name sucks. Change it. <laughs> yeah. And then I get really frustrated. Dave, I'm I'm not a third. You know what? Your channel sucks. <laughs> Wait, it completely sucks. Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? You Change it to Zach Mayfield. Where are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll change it. I I love the way you end it. It's so Silicon Valley. Yeah. Kinda. I don't know if you ever watched that show. No. But they they would end with a big punchline. <laughs> they would end with a big punchline at the end of the show, and then straight to like hard. That's like just, that's, that's killer. That you know it's funny. Is crazy. <laughs> you know what's funny is I uh, I'll just say it here. Like as I went into the water, my pants definitely <laughs> pulled down a bit. I was hoping you didn't catch the the buttocks part of that. Oh my um, god, it's so stupid. Did you know I was gonna do that? I, I guess. We we talked about you jumping in, but I did not think you're gonna front flip. And then the the pants too. I was I was channeling the inner like Ethan Klein. Oh yeah, for the sure. H3. Um, I have lost about eight pounds since then, so that's good. Proud of you, dude. Very proud of you. <laughs> but we've we've been making stuff forever, man. Look at all I these know, videos of I you know. and me. Insane. It's been a fun journey. But to answer your question, yes, I would love to make stuff that is absolutely not camera related. <laughs> um, I just I've been personally like in this like black hole in my mind trying to brainstorm just like what to make because it's like yeah i have all these ideas but then like the youtube gods strike me down they're like that won't work with the algorithm that won't work with your channel it's like all these inner voices yeah. like kind of silencing my creativity so i just wrote a script for this like weird kind of fake documentary mm -hmm. that i want to make and i'm gonna shoot it in two weeks mm -hmm. and see what happens with it. Yeah. i'm just gonna post it on my channel and hopefully just like enjoy making it and then see what happens. I've been talking to my friend, Jevin Dovey, who, um, you know, he and I call each other regularly and he uh, is struggling with that as well. He really loves doing like travel vlogs and, and mini docs and different things like that. And so he's trying to kind of fold that into his normal content by, you know, having a camera that you're reviewing and then shooting it. Is that kind of what you're planning on doing is kind of like mixing it or is it just going to be straight? For this one, I'm not. Heck yeah. I'm just going to shoot it because I thought about like renting maybe like the Pocket 6K Pro and then be like, oh yeah, I can use all the footage for the review. But I don't even want to think about making yeah. a camera review. It's hard to mix the two. Yeah, it is. I so, guess yeah. I guess if you just didn't think about it and use that camera, you could sort of throw it together, I yeah. guess. But um, Connor... Uh, you worked for Armando for the last like year and a half. What was uh, what was that like? Kind of going from Kinotika with me to then Armando, and like 
it, you didn't shift genres per se, but in a way it was because we were kind of covering a lot of the kind of like lower level cameras like the M50 and then boom, you go to like high-end filmmaking and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely a way of putting it. We were joking earlier that um, I can't listen to myself <laughs> twice here. I'm uh, I'm live switching between the cameras. Also, as I'm, I'm going to have to like shoot you. Connor okay. can just make an yeah. animation for himself. This is the, the uh, backstage iPhone cam. How we're we just doing? making Connor's life so hard. Right I got to edit this now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was interesting because moving from Kinetika, I had no real experience before Kinetika, yeah. which I think we talked about on the last podcast, but moving from Kinetika where it was, it was very relaxed and it was uh, relaxed in terms of quality even because we didn't really care about how it looked per se. Uh, yeah. Dave, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we cared more about whether or not it was fun and how much information we provided. So That's the perfect segue for our next was, topic. Yeah. When you're say, done. Yeah. Good. So, but when I moved over to working <laughs> with Armando, you know, it's like the first day working for him, we probably spent like six hours setting up the lights. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is such a waste of time. I, I didn't understand it, but for his content, it totally makes sense because he's built an audience around quality and having exceptional quality, and he really does. Yeah, he does. Uh, and he moved into later doing short film productions around camera reviews, and it's really great. If you haven't seen those videos, definitely go check them out because he's really doing something to stand out amongst the uh, the rest of the noise, and that's yeah. kind of what you guys did as well by bringing entertainment in. It's, yeah. it's a way to stand out and just not be like everyone else. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the, the message that we want to put out there for anybody who's like struggling with YouTube or maybe wanting to start. Um, at the end of the day, like this is a creative like thing and we want to be doing things that we actually enjoy. Right. I mean, so yeah. if you get locked into a certain niche and you don't enjoy it, then that's like literally hell. Cause you're just yeah in a cycle of the same thing over and over. And it's like your job. And I understand like you do need to make money. Like there's, there's smarter, you know, you want to be smart about it. But, um, I think th for me personally, taking these last three months essentially off from YouTube has been one of the most, um, freeing things. Cause I've been just go, go, go review, review, review camera stuff for like three years. Yeah. I've had other ideas, but, um, now that I've been able to kind of stop and think about it, um, I'm excited about, you know, the next steps. And honestly, this show right now, this is like exactly what I was kind of imagining. Yeah. The three of us together goofing off, so having beautiful. fun and, uh, just talking about Stuff we love. Yeah. You know, so yeah, exactly. hopefully you guys are enjoying this Golden Hour podcast. If you are, smash like. Hit the like button. On your subscribe, podcast app. Enable the bell notifications. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, that conversation with Connor kind of leads us to the next next topic that I want to bring up. Is it your tweet? Yeah. So the I posted. tweet. So um, Connor and Connor does have Twitter, but he barely uses it. Um, I Zach refuse to have it. Refuses, which is totally fine. Like I, I, I respect that. I used to have it, and I deleted it. Um, shooting log is for people who want to spend twice as long getting the image to look exactly how the standard profile would have looked straight out of camera. <laughs> You're just trying to trigger people. <laughs> so that was a, a tweet that I posted. Let's look at that tweet activity. Uh, Sixty thousand impressions. Wow, that's a lot. Um, that's more than normal for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah. controversial dude and then I started seeing all the quote retweets and the the comments I was like that escalated quickly were people dunking on it 
Yeah, so let's read some of the top uh, responses. Um, so let's see. We got... Dude, uh, I'm just proud of you for even being willing to say that. If that thought would come into my mind, I would never post that. Tyler Stallman, I don't think so. <laughs> that, see, that's a good response. It's like yeah. clearly he disagrees, but hey, we're just goofing. Armando... <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, let's see, Gerald responded. I'm trying to find his. Where oh, my is gosh. It? Friend of the show. <laughs> this guy. Everyone's uh, slamming you. Gerald is like, nah. nah. <laughs> Somebody deleted their tweet. Somebody must have said something. Gosh. Um, so here's my kind of... I don't want to say backtrack. And there was a great one from I think Sarah. I think Sarah Dietschy was just like, finally somebody said it because I know she's on my side. Yeah, someone had to say it. <laughs> yep, that's funny. So here's the here's the thing, and then I followed that up with another tweet that said, um, "I'm so sorry for everything I said. <laughs> I have al almost always shot baked in in all my YouTube content for the last three years. Even now with the C7, I choose to shoot wide DR to make the workflow faster. I like the clean look." of a standard profile and don't like the graded look for YouTube videos, if you know what I mean. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I followed that up too with kind of saying like, analyze the top YouTubers, Mr. Beast, Logan Paul, PewDiePie, et cetera. They all use the baked in profiles, right? Yeah. Because there is this kind of like aesthetic that there that there is with, with YouTube content. It, and I talk about this in my conversation with Hayden Hillier-Smith uh, on this show, if you're a YouTuber and you haven't listened to that podcast, this isn't me just like shamelessly promoting my own podcast. I honestly think it's like one of, it's definitely one of the best podcast interviews I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and then there was the one with me that was better for yes, sure. And Connor. Right. Those are better. Close, um, close second. Mine was definitely not close. Hey second. everyone, all the camera people, that was a joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Crystalia. <laughs> Dude, honestly though, quick, quick sidebar. I've thought about starting to use a laugh track in my videos to teach the serious people <laughs> when to freaking laugh, when something's not serious. You should film yourself in multiple costumes just, just like, laughing. Uh, 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 and then you could just like and then cut splice it all together. Wide. Yeah, yeah. Green screen it. That's yep. a great idea. It's actually a good idea. We should do, I definitely want to do a soundboard on this show eventually. Connor, do you know how to pick up on our jokes so you can just hit the laugh track? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, could try. Sure. I could do I just too. have it going the whole time. All right. Connor, <laughs> you're a really cool guy. But, uh, that's when the left. Yeah, right right so right you weren't serious. <laughs> so back to the log versus baked in. Now, obviously, I understand the value of log and what it is. And for those of you who are listening who are maybe photographers and you sort of know what log is, you've seen it on your camera, like a super flat profile. I'll just explain it to you. Basically, log is kind of the closest thing that videographers can get to raw without having raw because it's the all of the dynamic range of the sensor in one image. It doesn't add anything in camera. It doesn't add like contrast, sharpness. And of course, this is all generalities. Certain, not all logs are created equal. True. Uh, that should be like a t-shirt or something. <laughs> um, but the general rule of thumb is that it's essentially the raw data from the sensor without it being raw, obviously, um, so that you can pull the highlights down. You could you know, pull the blacks down. You could uh, adjust different things, add the saturation you want, add the sharpness that you want. And filmmakers really like it because 
you know, if you're shooting a really high dynamic range scene, like say somebody sitting in front of a window, if you shoot baked in, which means like the standard profile, which is a really crunchy, you know, saturated image. It'll clip those highlights. It'll just clip the highlights. It'll look overblown and over oversaturated. Um, and the, yeah, the highlights will be totally blown out. So by shooting log, you can kind of in post, you know, color grade the person sitting in front of the window and then maybe add like a window to like a, a, you know, a mask that pulls the highlights down or something. You can kind of play around with it and do a lot more in post. What was that? That was a small earthquake. That's dynamite. Yeah. It has to be dynamite. I don't know where the dynamite is, <laughs> but we've been the, getting many earthquakes quite a bit. Oh my goodness. Kind of scary. Yeah. We just, you obviously didn't feel it, um, <laughs> but there was a rumbly Connor thing. will add camera shake. I'm yeah, pretty sure. That sure. More work. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I used to shoot log everything, and when I became a YouTuber, um, we were starting on the 1DC. Remember that, Connor? Oh, yeah. The 1DC, still one of my favorite cameras ever. Um, and we actually did usually shoot and log on that one um, because the log was pretty easy to, to play with. But once we started... <laughs> Um, once we started doing more stuff with like the Nikon cameras and the Sony cameras and certain things started getting better and better, um, I would use the EOS HD profile on the Sonys, uh, on the Nikon Z6. I really loved the, uh, what was it? I think they call it natural profile maybe. Yeah, something like that. Um, I really love that. Uh, you know, the GH5 has a great built-in one. I think it's called natural as well. Yeah, it has natural. And I was just like, I'm literally grading my log footage to just look exactly how this na this baked in footage looks yeah why am i going to all this trouble and at the time i was using a really cr cruddy computer i had like a base model 2016 13 inch uh it was like eight gigs of ram and you can know. i give my opinion on your tweet dave yeah so i think your tweet is a kind of a blanket statement so i think <laughs> you have to dissect it a little bit it's a great tweet in the fact that it got a lot of responses. That was awesome. <laughs> well, that's, and I think that's it's the funny. point. That's the point of uh, tweets, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Not everything's so serious, um, but I think it's definitely probably true for most content creators that are just making content. Like if you have a gaming channel, why why would you shoot in log? Exactly. You're sitting in front of your Xbox, whatever. But like kind of what Connor said for Armando's channel, his whole channel is built on this audience of quality lovers and stuff yeah. so he probably wants to maximize that and like people who are reviewing tech or cameras or whatever they probably want it to look as pristine as possible yeah because i will admit when i see a channel that's really well produced and they're talking about technology i'm like oh okay these guys probably know what totally. they're doing because i understand that they're putting in this extra time to get this quality up totally so they, they're probably knowledgeable in some way so but i think it, it depends on who your audience is and what kind of like content you're creating 100 percent can I rebuttal that? Dude, just destroy <laughs> it, please. <laughs> so when I started doing weddings, we would bake it all in, obviously, because we we're shooting on 70s and 5Ds at the time, and they didn't even have a log on those yeah. cameras. And I really got really good at like dialing in white balance and learning about white balance shift, which a lot of people don't use, which is when you shift into the magentas and the, the greens and things. And we started just literally adding saturation and contrast in camera and we would do same day edits for weddings and there was no color correction That's crazy. ever. We never color graded anything or yeah. color corrected anything. Um, and I just got so like hooked into that workflow and I hear you for sure. And, um, but if you look at like the way filmmaking was done prior to digital, uh, film, different film stocks had their own like picture profiles essentially. Yeah. And cinematographers would choose the film stock based on the grade 
that they want it. Color grading really isn't a thing until digital. Yeah. Um, I think, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is the first digital color grade um, film. But they still colored film. They would, yeah, they would, they would push and pull things. They would yeah. do different things to it 100%. And you obviously have a lot of dynamic range with that. Uh, but basically when a cinematographer was done shooting it and the, and the film was developed, he would tell the them how to develop it. It was it was baked in like the editors just kind of had it they didn't like especially way back in the day when there were no computers um so but they were still color grading it was just a different order of operation but they were they were working within the restrictions of what i feel in a modern sense is a baked in profile now here's my rebuttal if you shoot if you expose properly and you're in a set like this where we have lights and we're able to adjust things and you're able to work within your dynamic range window of a picture profile that you want to use, I feel like you don't necessarily need log because the point of log is to save certain things. But if you save it while you're shooting it, in the sense that like you put, you just bring the, the light down or you adjust things, then you get that to a point where you can then color grade. There's a difference between color correction and color grading and LUTs and all that type of stuff. Color grading to me is adding a look to your image, mm -hmm. like pulling the shadows to green or, you know, orange teal, right? Like yeah. the famous Hollywood grade. You can, you basically need to get your image to like a point where it's fixed or corrected. And then you like color grade on top of that, right? Like you throw a LUT on to fix the log and then you can tweak it. And then you add a grade on top of that. Yeah. But so, if you're you're still doing something in post, you can argue the exact same thing for shooting in log. Like you can yeah. expose it perfectly, build your own LUT, which is what I do, and it takes me two seconds to drop it on. <laughs> and then I have more dynamic range, which I like the look of, yeah. and I can make it have a little bit of a look because I have a little bit of a look for my style of videos too. So yeah, it's I and mean, it looks if you great. get good at it, you can do it extremely fast. Yeah, and I don't think um, there's a wrong way to do it either. I, I kind of, I'm just leaning into more of like what I'm seeing on YouTube. And that is the fact that like, there's kind of this relatability factor to it looking kind of cruddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, totally. It looks more homemade. And Mr. Beast has talked about it. I've listened to some interviews where he's like, yeah, we could, we could have a film crew, but then it wouldn't feel relatable. He's like, I have all these like shooters and we give them crappy cameras and we don't shoot 4k. We shoot 1080 because it looks funny. Like, yeah. you know, PewDiePie apps, like I know <laughs> that's like the biggest one. Yeah. And I guarantee you that it's intentional. Like, yeah, he, I know he's talked about, I'm trying to fix it guys, you know, but like, I don't think he is really trying to fix it. <laughs> like it's obviously yeah. kind of cruddy. Um, so anyways, that's my rant on uh, log versus baked in. Proud I, of you. I like shooting baked in cause it just makes life a little faster um, for you, for me. You can still add a lot to it. Yeah. I understand that, but I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> if you find what works for you, that's all that matters. The Sony, the standard profile on the new Sony cameras is really a lot better than it used to be. Yeah. Also, the S Cine Tone profile yes. is sick. And that's kind of like a nice happy in-between. Yeah. It's like basically S-Log3 pre-graded, slightly less dynamic range, but it looks awesome. Yeah. It's so a really good live stream profile. Totally. Totally. So, um, Easy Rig, the Easy Rig Mini Max. Mm -hmm. um, I have one over here. Um, have you used the Easy Rig before? Yeah, I've used the Easy Rig on a lot of commercials and music videos. Um, 
like the past couple of years, I've, I was shooting a lot of that kind of stuff uh, with the Red Dragon 6K, yeah. which is a heavy son of a gun. And we were using like Atlas anamorphics and heavier lenses. And the Easy Rig was sick. It just added like a nice, stable look to the handheld style of filming. So Dave's pulling it out, everybody. He's getting wild. I for a show and tell here. <laughs> also, now's a good time to acknowledge the fact that we're wearing the exact same shorts. We are, pretty much. Basically. Mine are slightly shorter and on Amazon. <laughs> so, for those of you listening, um, you're missing out on the beautiful visual <laughs> of this. Um, Please a lot keep of, that on for the rest of the show. A lot of people... Okay. <laughs> a lot of people say this looks like a... Like you're a donkey and you have like a carrot on a string, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. I always had people saying I look like a like Iron Man or something, like a like a soldier outfit. So this this is kind of because I don't review stuff on YouTube anymore. This is kind of like my review. Yeah. Um, I love this thing and I don't like this clip though. We always use the the latch that would go around this like circular bar yeah. clamp, and because so my buddy Kevin had that exact same clamp. And it slipped off of his camera's top handle and popped him in the upper eye. Oh, my goodness. And his eye was like... What did? What popped off? This. It slipped off the top handle of the camera, oh, this geez. thing, and okay. popped him in the eye. So, so he, get, get... he has like a clamping one now that you have two latches that okay. un unclamp it. So just be careful. <laughs> so I'm going to use your uh, camcorder yeah. as a, a demonstration. So if you're watching the video, you can see this. Um, there's a little hook and a string attached to it. And this isn't how it was supposed to work, but <laughs> basically you have your camera uh, handle attached to this thing. And I've been using it with the C70 um, with the 16 to 35 and the top handle, and I'm using the Rode Wireless Goes um, for my, this thing's like, oh, is this? Yeah, it's broken. Completely broken? Yeah, okay. my sister <laughs> dropped it in the ocean. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the great thing about this is like, I think the weight for this one, this is the Mini Max. Uh, it can hold from, I think, f six pounds to like 20 pounds or something. That's perfect. Which is a perfect kind of, that's how much for the C70 weight is on the low end. Um, but you could even put a red on it. And basically the problem is like, I love the handheld look these days. I think there was a stigma with it back in the day, like especially with DSLRs because the rolling shutter was so bad. You never wanted to just hand hold it. You yeah. wanted to put on a shoulder rig or something. Well, they're so light too that the handheld look a lot more jittery. Yeah. I like shooting handheld with something like a red because the extra weight of the camera and the lens, it's more of a smooth handheld. Absolutely. Where it, it's not so jittery and anxiety inducing. And um, one solution is to do a shoulder rig, which a lot of people have used before and I've used multiple times. Mm -hmm. But the problem with shoulder rigs is those are also heavy in their own right. And it can really like, you, you kind of have to like look at a EVF or something and the ergonomics can be weird and it gets really heavy and painful on your shoulder. And it's not as flexible and as quick and nimble as just holding the camera. And as like a YouTuber, I've gotten so used to just like using a camera with IBIS, shooting slow-mo, handheld, you know, on a Gorillapod potentially, but just like running and gunning. And I love that workflow. I've become really used to it. And the C70 is small enough to do that, but I'm doing eight hour shoots now with my new job. Yeah. And after an hour, I'm like already fried because yeah. that camera weighs six pounds, which still isn't a lot for a cinema camera, but it is a lot when you're for holding eight it hours, for yeah. eight hours. Exactly. And so we picked this thing up. Uh, this is the lower end one. Um, and I had a Chinese made one. 
I forget the company. I think it was Flowtech, actually. Okay. I've heard of that. Um, and it was a little cheaper. And do you know that saying, like, you get what you pay for? Yeah. Like, that, it, it was true. <laughs> it, it was okay, but it just, they cut too many corners. It wasn't comfortable. Um, I don't recommend it. So we spent the money. I think this thing's like 1300 bucks. Yeah, they're expensive. It's not cheap. But I used it for 11 hours this last Saturday in Charleston. And I used the C70 the whole time. The only thing that happened was I got a little hot because, yeah. you know, it's... It a, makes your back a, sweat for it's sure. It's a beefy, sweaty uh, backpack. But yeah, it distributes all the weight into your back. So it's just, it's a lot easier on your hands, your wrists. My wrist would always hurt when I would shoot handheld for hours, like you're saying. Yep. But that just like totally puts all the weight distributed through your, your back and it's... Uh, and you can... It's great. Look at that form. Yeah, you can do all sorts of fancy things. You can do like a move with it. You can, it goes, you know, in all directions and it takes all the weight out. Yeah, there's like a spring action thing in the back. So you can tighten the can resistance. Tighten it, loosen it, all sorts of things. Um, highly recommend it. And I definitely recommend going with the Easy Rig over anything else. This is the company that like invented this thing. Um, it's made in Sweden. It's just really high quality stuff. This is the like lower end version because they have like a bunch of other ones that are used in Hollywood all the time. Those yeah. are real expensive. Um, this is definitely more than enough for people like us. Yeah. So I highly De recommend it. Depending on the model with the arm and stuff, you can mount like Movi Pros or the big Ronins yeah. on them and get even smoother gimbal footage too. Yeah. That's, that's what we would do for some music videos. It was sick. I think the only kind of caveat is um, it's actually not as smooth as just holding it handheld when you walk because your body kind of naturally creates like a gim like a have you ever seen like a chicken's head you know when you yeah. move it it's like so your hands kind of do that oh um, i feel like it's smoother the, the when i walk the this kind of goes up and down a little bit so it i get kind of up and down it might be because the c70 is so light maybe it probably depends on how much weight you have on there so you had good luck with the just yeah. walking with it? Oh, it was way smoother when I was using the red. But we used pretty heavy lenses too. Cool. So it was hard to just do it with hands only and be stable. Yeah. But that's cool, so that's man. A, that's, a, that's a little mini review. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's been a couple of years. Uh, Connor and I made this video uh, about the M50. Let's see where it's at now. <laughs> oh, we're always talking about. So this stupid camera, we can't get away from it. We can't escape it. Yeah. We made a video together, and yeah. that video already has 167,000 views. The M50 just pulls mad views and no matter when. The one that Connor and I made two years ago now is going to be the first video with a million views Jeez. on Kinotika. That's so crazy. It's at 968 600 uh, posted that May 26th. Oh my goodness. May 26th, Three 2018. That's so wild. So that's literally like almost exact uh, from the time of this recording. You guys are officially a viral sensation in the <laughs> I M50 don't know about community. That. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> and shot. now I film there all the time. It's yeah. such a good spot. Dave showed me this spot in Nashville called uh, the Gaylord Opry Resort. Opryland Hotel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got Really cool backgrounds, good lighting because the, the top windows make yeah. the light a little softer. It's a good spot for some B-roll. And you get all the greenery and all sorts yeah. of things like that. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, this M50, if you're an M50 user, let us know. Uh, Connor, you used to own an M50. What's your... I did too. What's yeah. kind of your... Uh, I, 
I think I bought the M50 because of our review. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> you may have. And I bought the X-T3 because of our review. <laughs> You're very influenced by your own work. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, it's, it's actually great because I got to like almost preview cameras before buying them. But yeah, the M50, like we, we ended up making, I think like five or six reviews on yeah. it. And uh, <laughs> I think you've even. I've made like two or three videos yeah. on it. And uh, what's funny too is like we, we were talking about just current you know kinetica stuff i was like i don't know dude just make an m50 video just you know i have that in the plans right now <laughs> yeah yep, i'm gonna work on that i'm also gonna make a 90d video because that went really well on my channel before yeah, i got kinetica so i'm gonna do like m50 in 2021 and 90d in 2021 there's just something about cranon that it just pulls the views it's insane man it's it's still like it's the biggest camera company i believe and um Sony is about to, you know, get to that point. But yeah, um, from what I heard last, like Canon is still number one by a, a pretty large margin. Yeah. That's why they're kind of arrogant about <laughs> their decisions. It's like, <laughs> we eh, need it. We don't really need to make these better. People buy them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're making money without putting in effort. But they're starting to do better, I think. Yeah. Like the R5 and the R6 are both really cool. Um, With those mini HDMI jacks. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? We were just talking about that with Connor. How uh, uh, you so uh, Armando was like obviously a huge uh, Canon guy. Oh yeah, huge Canon guy. Although apparently he was a Sony guy before I joined him. Mm. So, I'm a Sony boy now. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, he was using the C200 when I joined. Then we went to the C500. We used the 5D Mark IV, the Canon EOS R, the R5, um, and I think he's rocking the R5 right now, although he did make a video. He's switching to Sony. That he's making a switch to Sony. Ooh. We'll see. I don't know that I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. No, I mean, maybe I, he is. Maybe he is. Sony's a really tempting company. I mean, they're, they're they really list, putting out a lot of good stuff. The thing that has really impressed me with Sony is they really seem to be listening to like what we want. Yeah. Because the, the A7S three. That is, is my dream camera. It's dude. kind of the perfect camera. It's like, so it, sick. It really is. And... Um, yeah, Connor, are you going to buy an A7S three? No, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Fuji boy all the way through. He's got the Fuji X-T4. No, if I had the money right now, I would definitely snag the R5. It's okay. sick. Yeah, it's it, really cool. Um, and this is no disrespect to anyone who likes Sony. Uh, I just It doesn't jive with me. I've been using the A7S three with Zach on occasion, helping him shoot some videos. And yeah. I just I don't connect with that camera, and that's really important to me is the connection to the camera. The R5, I had that connection, even though it has problems. Maybe I just like cameras with problems. Yeah, or like, maybe you don't have a full HDMI input on your body, so yeah. that's why you can't connect. It's probably it's, my problem. Oh yeah, that is, <laughs> so oh, you gotta use boy. Yeah. That is, laugh that track. Is, that is a yep, joke. laugh track right there. So yeah, there's actually a rumor about um, the EOS RC. Um, have you heard about this? Oh, the R5C? Yeah, so there's a rumor. It's a color edition. <laughs> yeah, it's got color. That's what C stands for. Uh, if you guys weren't aware, the R5 is black and white. Right, yeah. yeah. You have to add the color. Uh, but no, it's it's supposed to do like, you know, kind of what the A7S III does in that it's a cinema camera with unlimited recording, with more pro features, with a fan built in so you don't have the overheating issues. Okay. So it's an R5 with a fan? I think so, yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to say, the R5 already does everything. The R5 is really good for has, video. Yeah. yeah. It's better for photos too. Because, well, I guess if you need more resolution. Yeah. I mean, how have you been with the 12 megapixels on the A7S? It's been fine because, like, after you shoot a thumbnail, which is all of my photography work is YouTube <laughs> thumbnails, it just gets demolished anyway. Yeah. Like, once you export a JPEG under 2 megabits or megabytes. Can you 
Can you talk to me about thumbnails? Like, has that been a, <laughs> an enjoyable experience being a YouTuber? It's, Is that not or what? It's just funny. It's just funny how, like, I had to learn the thumbnail game. It's a whole different version of photography. Yeah. Like, you have to make it super saturated and poppy and very easy to look at. So, like, and Connor's actually helped me, too, like, by looking in my analytics. I hate analytics. It stresses me out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it stresses me out. But we learned that, like, the best thumbnails for Kinotika's channel is like the centered product shot and sometimes like a centered product shot with my face in it. Like yeah. those two usually work pretty well. And then I just try to do that, make it really easy to see, make it clear, saturated, yeah. and then I just upload it and don't look at the analytics because <laughs> yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I love the game aspect of it. I yeah. really do love You're the analytics. Great at that. And uh, I don't know, I just, when I find something, kind of get really into it and obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> Even this uh, Golden Hour podcast channel, I'm like, huh, are the subs up? Are the yeah? Is the viewership up on the oh, on the man. podcast? Yeah. If I obsess about that stuff, it it really hinders my creativity. My favorite yeah. part is just like scripting a video and then shooting. It's fine, but I love editing too. So scripting and editing is like. My do you part. so you script it? You actually do you read a prompter and stuff? Uh, yeah, I script Kino Tika videos. I script everything and occasionally I'll like improv a joke or a bit or something um, But yeah, that way I can be informative and not mess stuff up. I still mess stuff up even when I'm scripting somehow, but um, Yeah, that's that's my process. That's yeah. how I operate better. I yeah. think I've been recently like really obsessed with guitars It's like it's always my <laughs> like default like when I'm kind of not feeling it creatively like Dude, I, I agree. go, I, I agree. I go to the guitar because mm -hmm. it's just a completely different outlet. It's peaceful for me. And you're a guitarist, way better than me. You were in a, a heavy metal band. I was. Or a, not heavy metal, metal. It was. It was like a blend of metalcore. Metalcore. Yeah. But um, you know the that type of music is uh really loud. So get ready. <laughs> Earth groans. If you want to check it out, you can see yeah. Zach rocking out. Um, but yeah, I mean you can do the. It's funny because I'm not even that good in terms of the, the metal world. Like some of, some of my friends that are in bands, like, dude, they make me look like a doofus. <laughs> how how were you able to like keep up then? Like, was our it music just wasn't rhythm based more. I I'd say like I'm chuggy. I'm really solid like uh with just like the mechanics, like um the fundamentals. Uh -huh. Like if you're playing basketball, like I'm good at dribbling. Yeah. But like these dudes are like. Duncan uh -huh. basically you know what I'm saying <laughs> so I was able to keep up because our music wasn't super intricate and it was fun I was, I was more of a good performer like movement on stage yeah, and okay. stuff um, but yeah that's so what makes you a great YouTuber too is the performance background so. <laughs> thanks dude yeah yeah. but I've um, yeah I got a Les Paul and we were gonna do a segment here today but I think we'll have to save it for the next time yeah maybe we'll prep a little song yeah. Maybe we could do like an intro out outro song. Yeah. yeah. The Golden Hour by Polar Pro. Podcast. Podcast. David, Zach, and Connor and three cameras and two, three microphones. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah. Guitar is uh, a good escape for me too because I don't perform anymore and I do miss that. But if I'm stressed out about stuff, I'll just pick up the acoustic, go sit <laughs> on my porch, drink some coffee or tea and just strum. And it's just like. My anxiety just floats into the oh, air yeah. with the musical notes. Without the guitar, you would have... Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I did buy a Mavic Mini 
Is that what they're calling it now? Or it's, Mini it's 2? It's the Mini 2. It's no longer a Mavic Mini, I guess. Yeah, I, I think. I reviewed it on Indie Mogul and really loved it um, because, again, I'm I'm all about that baked-in life. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and it does look good. It looks good Shoots baked in. 4K. In. Shoots 4K. It's got the OcuSync. That thing is teeny tiny, too. It's like it could fit in this coffee mug. Yeah. Um, and I've just been kind of playing around with it with my kids and filming, like, my house. And It's a great dad drone. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's the perfect dad drone and the perfect YouTuber drone. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a bunch of drones now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now well, kind of got, got rid of them because we did that DJI FPV giveaway a couple yeah. weeks ago. Did he meet up with you, by the way? No, it didn't work out, so I just shipped it to him, and he okay. got it, and that was that was really fun. We did this competition where people submitted their short films for 60 seconds, Yeah, and we got to review them live and give the drone away. It was a blast. Heck, yeah. It was awesome. And... Uh, but yeah, you've got the FPV, you've got the Air 2. Yeah, the Air 2 is my main. Well, that's actually my only drone now. Okay. I sold the other ones. Okay, yeah. yeah. The Air I like 2 the Air is pretty 2. solid. Yeah. yeah. If, if I had the money, I would have. But, I mean, the, the Mini 2 is only 500 for the whole kit with, like, a bunch of batteries and stuff. Yeah. And the Air 2 is, like, a grand. So I was like, eh. The Air 2S is pretty sweet looking. Yeah. Philip Bloom's video on that is wonderful. Oh, yeah. God, he makes that camera on the drone look so good, dude. Yeah. Crazy. He's the best. Happy birthday, Phil. Happy Blum. birthday, Philip. Dr. <laughs> Phil. I call him Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. <laughs> uh, the M1 Mac. You Ooh. and Connor both have one. Is that right, yes. Connor? Yes. We're absolutely. all M1 Mac users so now. I have a Mac Mini uh, M1 maxed out. And then the laptop on this table is a M1 MacBook Air. Oh, uh, nice. And you have the Pro. Yeah, me and Connor both have the M1 MacBook Pros. His has more storage, but... Uh, they're, I decided to go for the maxed out specs with the lowest storage capacity because I do everything externally. I have some fast SSDs that I just take with me. And, dude, it's been outperforming my 2017 iMac that was completely maxed out. It was, wow. it was a quad-core yeah. Intel i7 with 64 gigs of RAM. And the MacBook Pro is like, I don't know if I would say it's smoke in it, but it's like obviously better. Yeah. Even though Premiere is not optimized yet. If they optimize it, dude... It's going to slam. Well, I think technically the beta for Premiere does take advantage of the Ooh, M1 to... silicon. It's just when it's the beta, you have the potential of things going wrong. Yeah, that makes me yeah. nervous, but I, sh- mm. I will probably download it and try it because I just got yeah. it a couple days ago. Yeah, and um, I mean, I'm I'm the only like full-time Final Cut editor over here. Yeah, you're living that good life, though. And boy, is it nice. <laughs> I uh, I had a maxed out 16-inch. I spent over three grand on that thing. Woo! Uh, in 2019 yeah and it, that was like to date the best computer i've ever owned like it was really good um and this macbook air outperforms it. it's like 1200 dollars. <laughs> yeah um, just smoking it with an asterisk um when i'm editing the m1 mac outperforms my maxed out very beefy like video laptop yeah when i'm exporting it doesn't outperform it Correct. because um the m1 mac is still here's the thing that blows my mind all the computers that we own that we're like saying is great is still a prosumer computer. Yeah. They still haven't even announced the like pro version yeah. of the Apple Silicon. I don't um, think I'll even get it. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't need it for what my, I'm doing. Yeah. So my uh, Mac mini is pretty much the exact same as your MacBook Pro. And when you have that thing beefed out with the 16 gigs of RAM and the eight core uh, M1, it is great. Like it's so solid and reliable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I really, really honestly need it, especially for the type of stuff I do, baking in everything. Yeah, ex- honestly though, like if <laughs> you no, find seriously. a workflow, it works. So what's your opinion on 
the new M1 iMac versus your Mac Mini because internally they yeah. are essentially the same. The iMac just has a screen. I'm still pro Mac Mini for myself okay. because I have a, a monitor that I really like. It's a uh, a 4K, uh, very color accurate. It was actually Connor. You remember, I. I traded my contacts Zeiss uh, vintage lenses yep. for this. It's a $1,500 monitor oh, wow. that Armando traded me. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And those lenses, uh, we used them on occasion. Um, but I, I was really happy to use them again. I love those lenses. Yeah, those lenses. That's a whole other topic. Vintage lenses. Maybe we could do a vintage lenses uh, be sick. episode. And shoot everything on vintage lenses because we have idea. we have enough probably. You guys have the... I uh, have two Helios. Or we have two Helios. Zach and I have one. Yeah. Yeah. Each. And um, But yeah, I traded it. It was a great trade because the value of those lenses were like $600 or something. And he gave me... It, it might be a little more than that. But yeah. I think it's more. <laughs> okay. But it was still... I think I got the better end of the deal in terms of the money side. Uh, but I think he was given the monitor or something, gotcha. but, um, it's a really great monitor. And I like that I have ethernet, two thunderbolts and two USB a ports. Mm-hmm. Um, the new IMAX only have four USB C ports. Yeah. Um, which isn't bad. Um, well, actually the new iMac, the base model iMac has two. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So you actually have to pay, I think it's a couple extra hundred bucks mm-hmm. to get, those extra USB ports, which is just the Apple way. But and it's still way cheaper than their old stuff. My 100%. older iMac was over $4,000. Yeah. And, and these, I guarantee it outperforms it, right? Yeah. Oh, so, easily. But again, we're still like these new iMacs are consumer products. They're yeah. designed to be in somebody's kitchen or like, you know, if you're walking into like a massage parlor and like they have like very muted uh tones and like (laughs) you know uh a water fountain so specific (laughs) you put you put that like you put that like peach colored uh you know iMac in there it'll look it'll look great for sure um we still don't like there's no space gray version so obviously there's no pro uh version (laughs) so they're good they're obviously going to be making pro versions of all the new m1 stuff yeah also the the new iMac is the smaller screen size it's only 24 inches yeah i was just about to say i'm very much missing my 5k 27 inch screen but i'm kind of glad i don't have it anyway because i'm looking for a 144 hertz 4k monitor that i can use for both editing and gaming because you have a gaming pc too right no i your xbox yeah i just have an xbox but i'm i'm waiting for the new xboxes to be available and i'm going to snag the series x for sure so cool it'll all work together once i have that monitor that's cool yeah, I mean, LG makes that 5K display, which is essentially the iMac display. You could buy it separate, but I mean, it's like 1200 bucks or something. Yeah, so. they have a 4K 144 hertz. It's like it's like 1200 or maybe it's 900. I can't okay. remember. It's expensive, but yeah. it, it's kind of worth it because I'm going to use it every day for work. So, if I mean, if anybody is like on the fence about the M1 and you're not doing like a like cinema level VFX work or... yeah. A bunch of red. I, I know for a fact red does not play well with M1. Really? I, yeah, I did a one of my last videos for Indie Mogul was the C70 versus the Red Komodo, mm-hmm. and I was I was on the M1 Mac and it was really struggling okay. with R3D. Um, R3D was so smooth on my Intel. It, mm-hmm. it was great, like that Dragon 6K footage. I think it's just not because of the GPU uh, in it. GPU for gr- people who are computer illiterate, that's like graphics basically. And uh, the graphics card on this is integrated and it's not like the best. So 
Um, but the reason it's so snappy is because basically the M1 Mac is uh, Apple designed uh, chip. And so everything just works together so beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's like the person that makes the software also makes the entire computer. Yeah. So it's just so seamless and so great. And we, we don't see this type of like technological leap in speed and performance really that often. And it's surprising to see the low cost, which is new for Apple, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So I'm diggity down for it. I can't wait for the pro line and to yeah. see what that's going to look like. In the meantime, I'm happy with the, the Mac mini and I'll remind myself of that when it comes out. I'm like, oh, I want the pro. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It'll be so enticing. <laughs> so yeah, I think that uh, that concludes this version of uh, the Golden Hour podcast. Hope you, hopefully you guys like it. It was very fun to do. Got some boys together. This was fun having the three yeah. of us. Do you like it, Connor? Oh, yeah. I had a great time. <laughs> Connor's over here, by the way. You can see on my iPhone shot, he's got the... Uh, Apple Pencil, dude. He's got the Sling Studio, which... That's slick, baby. ...is really cool. Very nice. He's oh, basically... Oh, zoom. Yeah. He's basically changing <laughs> the, uh, the... The only downside to it is that I have an AirPod in. I'm listening to the audio and myself at like a four second delay. <laughs> Have you ever seen those Terrible. videos where like someone hears themselves and tries to talk? I'm actually surprised how well I'm able to talk right now. Actually, you're speaking um, a different language right yeah, now. You just don't know it's it. It's unbelievable. We got Dave on the BTS camera, but it's very difficult to do. So, but this is a Sling Studio small review. Pretty good. Heck yeah. So yeah, thank you guys for, uh, for sticking around here. Let me know on social media what you think of this new format. Uh, I think this could be a lot of fun if we, maybe if we like, Actually, had a real studio that we could. Yeah, we'll get like, there. Maybe, maybe not. Set up. We'll see. Um, also, I, we had a little bit of growing pains, or like trying to remember how to set all this up. <laughs> so it did take a little longer. We got than, it though. Than it should have so, fun editing. <laughs> yeah, this will be fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much edited. You just got to add the iPhone stuff. Yeah, the iPhone stuff, and then the audio from your computer, and then you know, go in and tidy it up. Because that's the <laughs> beauty of the Sling Studios. It's already semi pre-edited i just gotta fix any of the misclicks i had exactly thanks everybody for watching appreciate it so subscribe if you haven't already to the golden hour podcast subscribe to kinotika as well as zach's personal channel thank you so much and then connor also has a youtube channel yes he recently posted a video on the gfx as well that's doing really well is it getting dunked on uh no everyone loves it nice great i I think i have only one dislike So be, I, you're going to have two when I'm done with this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's actually kind of weird. I'm now the only person here who doesn't have a review channel. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, yeah, thanks guys for being here. Happy birthday, Philip Bloom. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>